Welcome back to the Gestalten Podcast and also welcome back to the third part of our four-part series of the IAA design panels that we here at the Gestalten Podcast and Concept House were allowed to host during the International Munich Motor Show in September. Now, this little panel was not hosted by myself. This was hosted by Christopher Butts. Uh, someone you probably have heard of before because he used to be a guest on the Gestalten podcast. And he led a conversation that was attended by Yo Kaminagai, who is the head of design for the Paris RATP, which is their public transportation company. Uh, we had Matthias Junghans in the panel, the head of BMW i Interiors, and Polestar's design chief, Max Mizzoni. So, they will be discussing, led by Christopher, the impact of design on mobility in politics, culture, and economy. And we hope you will be having just as much fun as we did listening to it live at the Munich Motor Show. Let's go. What is the impact of design on mobility in politics, culture, economy, and responsibility? Uh, and the most important word on the screen right now is, is impact. What exactly is the impact design has, what, uh, can have? What is the impact it actually has? And what, what is the role of the designer in all of this? And for that reason, we have invited some designers to this panel. The first one of which is Mr. Matthias Junghans of BMW i. Matthias is the head of design of BMW i Interiors, which means he is in charge of the living space of any individual on the move. Here he comes. Oh, give a warm round of applause to Matthias. Thank you. Matthias is an automotive designer as well as a product designer by training. And uh, he has also worked on the BMW iVision Circular, which some of you may have seen at this show. Our next guest is Yo Kaminagai. Thank you very much. He is the head of design at RATP, uh, the, uh, the public transport provider of the city of Paris which also provides the services uh, to uh, cities other than Paris. And he, uh, the, the post of head of design at RATP was basically created for your. So he is, um, despite being a trained civil engineer, um, he is a combination of an urban planner, um, a, also a UX designer, um, as well as a product designer, because all these factors come into play in his uh, field of work, which is quite unusual, hence the need to create it specifically for him. And our final guest is Max Missoni. Thank you. He is the head of Polestar Design. Um, Polestar, of course, is a scion of Volvo, which is uh, where he was previously weaving his magic, playing a significant role in the renaissance of Volvo 
in the in the rec in recent years. Before that, he worked for several years within the Volkswagen Group Empire um, and worked on several uh, important designs there. For example, the XL1, if I'm not completely mistaken, was uh, also your work to some extent. So, this is our group of speakers. And the first question I would like to ask all of you, and which I would like you to ask um, in succession, is what is, what is the role design can actually play? Is design a reactive domain or is it a proactive domain? Is, is design's job to provide answers to questions or is design's job to come up with the questions in the first place? Matthias. <laughs> Thanks, Christopher. Um, good question. Um, I strongly believe both uh, good design is both of it. It is uh, proactive and reactive at the same time, but at different stages. Um, let me give you an example. How designers are ed educated today, what is also called design thinking, starts with a very reactive uh, situation. Mm. You have to have a look at the situation. You have to listen. You have to talk to people. You have to observe and analyze the situation mm. to see what is happening. What is the cause? What is the effect? What is the need? Mm. And then uh, some magic happens and design steps into a very proactive role and tries to combine these puzzle pieces into one experience. Right. Try to combine these technology into one uh, holistic approach and create some some magic and some sparkle out of these products. Okay. Thank you. Jo? Of course, uh, I think that both are are very important. But in fact, it's not always about uh, what the designers do. It's about how the others in a company are understanding design. At the beginning, uh, the decision makers think design is a solution maker. Okay. Yes. So uh, they ask designers to shape a product, a sign, or a space, or a service. But in fact, designers have brought many new methods involving all the stakeholders, that means the users, uh, the maintainers, the builders. And after that, a decision maker can discover that with the design methods, they can go further and quicker to their good results. So after a practice of a design process, I think that um, design is really both upstream and downstream downstream to shape the to to do the solutions but also upstream to to write the good questions and also to feed the strategies mm, thank you we'll have to wait just a little for max's answer how's it going excellent thank you can you hear me yes yeah. we do okay. thank you is it my turn yes please <laughs> okay um yeah i've been thinking sorry and i'm too loud um i've been thinking about this and as I find myself and we find ourselves, and now I'm talking mostly about the two of us in this situation as car designers and having been trained as car designers, we find ourselves in this situation where suddenly we are, we are so far in the beginning of a process and if the process changes so much, 
as we see now with circularity, and you probably can talk a lot about this soon, um, or electrification even, we suddenly have a large responsibility. And when I think about, let's say, the 60s, and I'm always thinking about the 60s, I don't know why, but it's these cars with the... Uh, you know, the, 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 the space age and the cars with the wings and the uh, rocket uh, ship si uh, style. Design was there to push some incremental changes in technological development into a market that was probably otherwise, well, not saturated at the time, but there were already markets like the US that were quite saturated um, for, the, for the need. So design was there to make it pretty and for people to bite. Mm. And we have such a power as designers to make people bite, to make people excited, to, to create desires that we now understand, well, hold on a minute, we have to use this for the right cause. We can't just, and I mean, we all, let's face it, we were part of this uh, incremental design changes that were there to sell the next version of something. I'm unlucky today. Can you hear me? Yes. Much, much better. Thank okay. you. <laughs> Apologies. No, no, no worries. I just have to remind to hold it here. Um, where was I? Yeah, so we, we, we were part of this process. And now we're realizing that we have to use different materials. Maybe we have to be much more, as we said, proactive in first understanding what the problems are or if there are any problems and then trying to tackle them already at our stage. Because if we do, if we repeat the status quo as designers, it's much harder later on to just come to change components of, let's say, vehicles, of products mm. into something more responsible. If we take that from the beginning, if we weave it into the concept, then we're, we are, we're actually changing something. I can I add one point. If a director calls the design team to be involved in a project, it's not to be in the mainstream. Mm. It's also to, to tackle the, the problems and to perhaps reinvent the questions at the beginning. So uh, I think we in the design part, we have to be always alive and uh, um, never be tired, never be tired. <laughs> Very good point. Max, I would like, um, in, in your particular case, uh, I think there is a, a connection between new coming up with new questions and your particular post. Um, what were the questions that Volvo couldn't answer but that Polestar can answer through design as well in your case? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say Volvo cannot answer these questions. Um, in a group, and we found ourselves suddenly in a, in a group, you know, with the involvement of the Geely group of China. Yes. So in a group, there is space for several expressions and there's space for several um, brand identities. Mm. And I guess, and that doesn't necessarily have to do with um, sustainability or, or even circularity to that matter. It's more Volvo was always the safety and family brand and the performance and technology brand. Um, there was, there was kind of a void there and that's mm -hmm. where Polestar goes in. So electrification is just a part of it and electrification. Right. I mean, we know electrification will roll out now and everybody will be electrified sooner or later. Mm. Um, so that's only the first step. But uh, in terms of brand identities, there's a lot of space. And both brands have their own way to deal with um, tackling sustainability and all the issues. Okay. Matthias, also in your case, uh, BMW UI, is, um, is, is I, um, if I put it cynically, is it, is it a firewall for BMW so that you can, on the one hand, show something like um, uh, 
vision, uh, eye vision circular and at the same time continue selling X6Ms? Or is it that at some point, let's say, BMW i will become BMW full stop? Um, a firewall, I think, is the wrong picture that you're giving here. But uh, BMW i as a sub-brand of BMW has, has a role and has a mission. Mm. And it's clear that there are things that are out there to explore new steps into new technologies, new customer groups to think the unthinkable for the bigger brands, so to say. Yes. To go for pioneering aesthetics and to explore the next steps uh, regarding technologies and societies. And that is uh, the mission of BMW I. Good. So if you would rather say BMW is the planet, then BMW I would be like, The, the layer around it, reaching out to the stars and looking into the sky. Okay. Maybe that's a better picture. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, among, shall we say, progressive circles, um, the automobile is, and I speak from personal experience, is mostly seen as a hindrance to true progress these days. Whether that's true or not is a different question, but among large societal parts that play a particular role in forming today's zeitgeist, um, this is the view. So with this informing also political decision-making and so on and so forth, um, how does this immense change in terms of circumstances of your work change your work? And I would like to ask you first about this. Does it it's, make things easier for you? It's a difficult question because in many spaces, in many places, the car has to play its historical role. Mm. In the countryside, in the outskirts of a big metropolis where there is no public transport, how could you live without any car? But in the centers of the metropolis, it's a, we are in a new century. You have all heard that uh, Paris has implemented the speed limit at 30 kilometers per hour for the 1st of September. In fact, it's almost impossible to drive more than 30 kilometers per hour in Paris. But it's not the main problem, is that when you are driving, you are surrounded by insects, which are the bikes and the scooters. And it's very difficult and it's very, it's not safe for them, so for you. And, um, I think that this shows that the automobile as a universal solution for everywhere is finished. Yeah. In the centers, the vehicles can still exist, of course, adapted to many functions, um, public uh, uh, taxis uh, uh, or um, um, deliveries and so on. But the car we own to have a pleasure to drive I think it's very, very difficult to imagine that in the coming uh, decades in the metropolis centers. So it means that the, the automobile must split in many, many sub-products which can be adapted to different contexts. Mm. Mm -hmm. I, can you, yeah, no, it's, I, I have a question there for you, Yo. <clears throat> From the point of view of a public transport provider, how do you see the, the migration or the period of time when there will be both systems um, in both systems like autonomous drive and normal human-driven cars and then the insects, as you say, 
Will you see, um, from your point of view of RTP, will you see uh, segregation of lanes where you cannot cross? And I mean, for me to imagine this in a city is very difficult. Yes, it's almost philosophical because you have to deal with two ideas. Uh, the idea of sharing the space with everybody is a beautiful idea. Uh, I don't know how you say that in English, but we say in French, zone de rencontre, where, for example, people, uh, cars are limited to 20 kilometers per hour, pedestrians can go and so on. So, okay. But, uh, the safety in these situations is, uh, is, uh, is really an issue. And on the other side, segregating, uh, the, the lanes, so creating the bands for the tram, for the bike, for the car, for the deliveries. So, uh, it's, it's not about the, the automobile. It's about how we have to shape our cities, uh, which were not, um, prepared to that because, uh, the avenues are, are limited. And um, the, the the cohabitation between all the all the vehicles is a very difficult uh, question. So the autonomy in that, I think, it will be perhaps the last step in dense places. We at RATP will experiment, and we are experimenting uh, autonomous shuttles in some places. But there are experiments. We will experiment a bus, an autonomous bus, on a dedicated lane in the suburbs, uh, 10 kilometers line. Okay. But it will be an experience in the coming years. After that, how can we exploit the results to go back to the centers? Uh, let's see that in a few years. Do you see I that would... European cities, sorry, uh, do you see that European cities are more, are more, prepared for this shift or is it more the American ones? I know that you're also active in Sydney. You just told me before we met here. I, I don't know if it's uh, European cities are more prepared, but there is an idea of the European city, which is a shared place. You know, if you go in some other continents, you segregate, make a motorway in the center of the city. Yeah. And that's all. Uh, we don't want that in Europe. We want to have a shared place. So it's really the last, the, the most difficult situation in which we have to prepare the solutions um, uh, and design in that. Uh, I think that it's not about shaping the vehicles. It's about uh, embracing the systems and not the objects. Uh, I think that design must uh, tackle not the components, but the systems. And this is a bit difficult for all the players in the ecosystem because uh, everybody says, ah, this is my job, this is my job, this is my job. But in fact, if it's not transversal, you will not have any results. Mm. So, Let me sorry, I'm not answering that. really to your question, but uh, because it's a difficult task, let me add one point to that, Yo, and thanks. It's really valuable points that you both um, added here. I would like us to take the other perspective on that rather than is regulation the right thing to work with traffic in cities 
or we take the other approach that you're just um, uh, that you're mentioning a customer centric approach how do we guarantee and uh, how to make a quality seamless travel possible for our customers and users and uh, it's a big chance now that we are sitting together um, to create the guidelines to come into a conversation how that is happening what role does a con conventional car as we know it today play in the future And uh, I totally agree with you. Future mobility products may change a lot. I think we are all feeling that we are in, in the middle of mm. real paradigm shift. And most probably um, we will see more change in the upcoming five years than in the past 50 years, for sure. And mobility solutions will look very different. and will have a very different emotional and functional offer to the customers in the inner cities or on long distance travels. I think we all thought question. that we all thought we were into this big disruption when it came to electrification. Now we're like pretty much depends who you ask, but halfway there. And then we're seeing that level four or, you know, proper, maybe even beyond that is the next big challenge. We were, it was scheduled to be here now, 21. I recently saw a podcast that was like talking, it was from 2016 and it said 21 is the year mm. when we will all be autonomous. So we know we're, we're still working on it. Um, to that extent, but what we have just learned, and I'm quite happy that you guys have actually now really tackled it, um, and we are all on it, we're working on it, but you've just gone out with a concept, is circularity. Um, and it should be probably you talking about it, and I will pass this over to you in a, mi in a minute. But I think that we as designers, at least I went through this journey where I realized that, um, okay, electrification has a bit of a um, impact on the powertrain positions and how you can, or, or the, the position of the elements in the car that will change the package. They will look slightly different. Um, if we manage to hold back of putting some color accents on them, but they will naturally look quite different. And then there will be, and then there will be autonomy level, level five is something that will explode the way how we can design vehicles. So for us, that's going to be super exciting. We've worked on concepts like this. We've studied and worked as students on concepts like this 20 years ago. And now um, it's actually happening. I find that extremely exciting. And it makes me more aware of listening to um, guys and girls coming from schools nowadays because I realize that, you know, it will all happen eventually if they're smart enough. Um, but the third one, which probably for us is the biggest one, is actually circularity, is actually designing. We at Posta, we call it designing towards zero, which is both CO2 and circularity. But um, what it means is starting very early to understand what can we not do. And that's why, and we haven't really talked about your concept yet, and I really need to understand a bit more in depth, but this kind of question of what do you not do and still deliver on people's expectations Because to me, that is the essence of circularity, that you do less of everything and then you make sure it stays in the cycle. That's for designers huge. And now designers become, now designers get to the point where we actually can shape the future. I think so far it was a bit of a makeup job. I mean, I don't want to say that now, but I did. <laughs> so, but, uh, but you know, it will be, it will be quite substantial, our impact, because you have to redesign the object. Absolutely. Absolutely. If I may just briefly chime in, we shall return to also your most recent piece of work in a minute. But before that, I would like to ask you, because of the vastness of your field and because of um, the several enormously varying um, aspects of it, do you think that there is 
uh, an RATP approach to how you tackle these? Do you think that perhaps subconsciously users realize that what they are experiencing is, is RATP? Or do you really, or do you just handle each task at once um, in the hope of coming, coming up with it with a final solution? Or do you believe that your approach is, um, uh, is, is so uh, all-encompassing that in the end it does lead to an RATP experience? Um, we don't uh, forget that we have a brand, which is RATP. So, uh, but I, I, I hope it's not vulgar to say that. Um, more than the RATP brand, it's also perhaps the Paris transport brand, which is more important because there is a style. There is how to move in Paris and in suburbs. It's, you don't move in Paris and in suburbs, uh, the same way as in other metropolises. Mm. But for our company, we have begun to make already a double shift. Uh, we have adopted, um, a driving purpose, a raison d'être, uh, which is, uh, in English, we dedicate every day to a better city living. So, um, in English, it's strangely not as precise as in French. Uh, we say, um, nous créons de la qualité de ville. Uh, wir bauen uh, Stadtqualität, city quality. So it means that the first shift was from transport, so the vehicles, the system, to urban mobility in the context, and then from mobility to cities. Mm. And this is the object we want to shape, the cities, the dense one, the non-dense one. Uh, we are involved in Paris transportation uh, and also in many cities, a hundred cities in the world. So... Um, Our commitment is to uh, push on all the buttons, not only the design of the, the vehicles, but also, uh, you have not spoken about that, the places mm. where the vehicle stops. Mm. For example, when you use a taxi, uh, of course, during the, the trip, you are comfortable sit, it's, uh, you can hear the music and so on. Okay, the driver drives well. But in fact, when you get in or get off, what happens? Where is it? Is it in a good place or not? You have all called a Uber uh, in an airport. You have a plate number. It's written, it's a Volkswagen Passat, black one. Okay, and you are 30 people searching the, the good uh, Uber. Yeah. So is it good customer experience? So the places where the vehicles move. I think uh, in the cities is very important. And I will perhaps dare to say that I'm very happy to see that in this car show, which is not anymore a car show, mm. uh, the, the way to present the vehicles as stars on pedestals be begins to belong to the past. And that other ways of presenting what is uh, a car and what is the context of a car uh, is on here in the in this fair but uh, what is perhaps lacking is the 
uses of the car. And we have to guess through the objects we see how, in which context, we will have to use a car uh, in, in the city. And um, uh, this is about designs, you know, it's about how people will use it. Mm. Uh, not only driving, but getting in, getting out, and uh, uh, and if you, you rent a car, how you get it, how you give it back, and so on. Um, in the customer experience, it's a continuous way. So it's not only the vehicle and its immediate environment, it's also the global system. Yes. I don't know if I, I, I broaden too much the answer to your question, but uh, it's about the system, you know? I believe, interestingly, that your colleagues to your sides are f also facing um, similar challenges these days because, I mean, in, in a sense, your domain and their domain are moving towards one another. Um, and in that context, I would like indeed now to return to um, to your most recent piece of work, um, the BMW iVision Circular, which is, if I'm not completely mistaken, uh, also aim aiming uh, for use in, in city centers or let's say in urban areas. It's not a particularly large car. It's a, it's a space efficient car um, by the looks of it. So what would you like to stress with regards to uh, this piece of work of yours? Um. We're exa addressing exactly what uh, Max also mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago. Um, that, and you mentioned your very beginning question, is design proactive or reactive? And uh, this design piece started exactly there. We are fully convinced that future product developments need to be sustainable. And we as BMW, we have the clear mission to be the most sustainable car manufacturer in the world. Full stop out there, there was the challenge. Mm. So what is really the next step in sustainability? Is it just efficient electric drives? No, you need to rethink the complete car production methodology to create a piece where you have 100% recycled materials inside and especially car that is that you can recycle to 100% in the next step. This was the the creative creative challenge of that piece yeah. to um, to rethink production methodologies how you build things together how you reduce the amount of pieces in a car how you reuse existing pieces that had a second life before and how you rethink uh, for example how to avoid layers of spray paint yeah. okay you, you use recycled aluminium uh, you anodize it Uh, or you use recycled steel and, and, uh, and you temper treat it. This creates like new color codes that you see on this car on the exterior. And uh, all of a sudden you create a new recycling aesthetics out of that. Mm. So this car is really about uh, being, stepping towards circular economy. And it's a clear statement from us that uh, we are serious about that. You're right, it is uh, a small footprint short dimension this car is geared towards inner cities and uh, when you open the doors you immediately realize that um, you don't need five meter long dimensions to uh, make an offer that is inviting uh, that has a lot of space and that gives you uh, a strong experience also on the inside mm. and especially uh, a premium and luxurious experience without surrender i think that is important mm -hmm. 
that our customers have don't have the feeling something is taken away by going into circularity. Uh, it's a new, even better, and a different experience that is created in this car. But is it possible that nothing will be taken away? Things are changing. You don't take things away. As designers today, we try to uh, be as holistic as we can. It is about an experience. And as I mentioned before, you, we as designers, we love to work in frameworks. Mm. We love dynamic, changing situations, new technologies, because this is where creativity sparks. And um, you have to bring all these puzzle pieces into a new arrangement, a new composition. Mm. So it does not feel you let something go when you do a step forward into an intelligent new project product. You just said it doesn't feel like you're letting go of something. Um, does, does that mean that one truly isn't letting go of anything? Or is it that you are, in a, in a way, seeing your job as a designer in this instance to... Um, I mean, this in a positive way to, to distract from the fact that something is being taken away. Make up for it. Let me put it that way. Why do we do concept cars? Um, in the past, 50 years ago, a beautiful sculpture, this was enough. Today, we as designers, we have the ability and this, how do we say in Germany, the, the sharp sword. We can create impact by raising the right questions. Mm. And a concept car that is well thought through and addressing the right answers and opening the spectrum, this is sparking the conversation. Mm. Uh, this is even more important than some millimeters here and there. It is the For big, certain, yeah. it is a, it is the biggest statements towards um, sustainability in a circular mm. form. Max, um, I need to ask you the same question because it is, it is a question that I believe is one of the more fundamental ones when it comes to the role of the automobile as we know it right now. I mean, particularly here in Germany, as most attending would know, uh, a car needs to be particularly fast because uh, it uh, needs to not underperform on the autobahn. Um, if, it's, uh, if it's truly worth its metal, it needs to, um, to do the round at the Nürburgring at a particular time and so on and so forth. Um, first of all, I, I would just say that this will be taken away from us um, to, a, to a certain extent. Uh, and, and other than that, how do you believe, um, what, is, what does this paradigm shift mean for you as a designer in the sense that will you have to come up with creative ways of making up for content being taken away? Hmm. That all depends on the, the type of business model we're working for right. or towards. <clears throat> When Yo just um, implied that we will have to say goodbye to the car as an expression or an extension of ourselves, because I felt, I mean, I got this emotion. You know, we <laughs> car designers, we're very sensitive to this um, because that's what we do. You know, we create an extension of ourselves or of yes. our customers. And then the question is, if the customers turn into users, do they still need an extension of themselves uh, with the object? I mean, do I care what the Airbus I'm taking to Munich <laughs> looks like? Um, Good point. But what I do care about is what it feels like inside and what kind of, and that's, that, that's where the boundary is quite um, um, uh, soft between service and, and the actual product. But I do care about the experience. And the experience is, is, is what we will be, what we are now and what we will be in charge of or um, um, initiating this mm. kind of um, 
experience of things. And, and that's where, okay, now the a part of the experience is the extension of myself, is the character, is the, is the, um, expression of the vehicle. And then maybe that will slowly shift depending if I switch business model to business, uh, mobility as a service, for example. Um, but I still believe there will be for a very long time, maybe, I'm, I'm not going to say forever, but a long time be this need in certain segments of the, the mobility offer to express yourself and to become an individualized or to, to receive an individualized treatment and experience. And that can be via design, um, and possibly a lot if you drive autonomously in the interior, of course, mm. but also the expression via exterior differentiation will still be a big thing. Then we can discuss where is it in the, in the segmentation. It's probably on the top end, I assume, because on the low end, mobility as a service might replace um, might replace, you know, cost per mile goes down and it might be replaced, uh, might replace uh, individual transport. But we as designers, regardless where, will be the initiators of new concepts and ideas. Mm. And Matthias, being an interior uh, specialist, um, how do you believe in broad terms will this paradigm shift affect um, the user experience inside the car? Let's define paradigm shift first. So what is happening in general? I would say there's a few uh, like key technologies or key steps. Autonomous driving, mm. connectivity, electrification, all the services that come with that, they are all shaped and composed by design. And on top of that, for sure, sustainability is one of the key factors. How is that impacting new projects and products mm. um, definitely the the answers towards the customers needs will be very different i think the range of products will vary a lot more okay an urban inner city solution a mobility solution may differ a lot from a long distance rides that connects big cities at higher speeds um, i i have the feeling that um It is the answer is not out yet. Uh, it's not laid out. So what what we as designers can do is to to go out with concept cars to sit together in rounds like that to bring the conversation a bit forward. What we have understood in the automotive industry that it's not only drivers and their families buying buying our cars in the future. Our future customers is the cities, it's governments, and we have to be in close communication. So. Just two points I want to add to that. Yes, please. My personal slogan is also um, less footprint, more experience. Mm -hmm. I have the feeling that smaller cars with greater interior experience will be the future and a high demand for that. And um, yeah, that's, that's okay. the rest I come for that. Thank you. Sorry. Yo. Yes, I wanted to come back on design and especially on product design because in fact... I don't want to express the fact that we don't care about that. Um, to one question 10 years ago, which was, how can we improve the customer experience when uh, they are four per square meter in a metro at peak hour? Mm. Music? No. Uh, smells? No. Visuals? Difficult. Imagination? Yes. So we have to feed uh, the image the customer has about the 
transportation system so that you can have uh, uh, emotional relation with it. And you know that you don't hate the one you like a bit. So people can uh, really be in, uh, not in comfort with it at four at, uh, per square meter, but uh, if they have seen through the history, the, the heritage of the system, or through the new contemporary products, which are the vehicles or the new furniture, something which gives hope for the future, okay, they can bear that. Yes, I'm here, it's for the good way. I, I know they, they, that means RATP, they are working to improve that. Mm. And in, in the, in the, so working on the object is important. And especially about, I didn't speak about that, but buses. The buses are still shoebox on wheels. If you see a bus in a city, is it appealing? A car, a bike, a boat, a, a, um, a train. There are many, a tram. They are so attractive, a bus. And we have missed the, the, the turn of the electrification, the buses. I was hoping that with the whole uh, ecosystem of bus makers, bus operators, bus authorities, we would be able to adopt a new status of uh, object uh, by a massive production, but with something reinvented. Until now, no, the electric buses are still the diesel buses, but uh, technically reshaped only. Hmm. So working with uh, through a design approach, celebrating the customer experience on the products, it's still always very important. So it, it is to give a, a counter uh, uh, um, opinion to what I was saying before. The systems are important, but also some symbolic objects are very important. Yes. I have a question to that, Yo, um, because how much friction do you get when you propose to make a bus prettier, let's say? I mean, that's very bluntly said, but you know what I mean? I, we, we are in a position in the car industry that we need to market and sell our products. That's why design is in a very high, um, you know, very high level in the pecking order. We get to, we get to decide a lot because we are the ones who make the product attractive, um, in the first glance. How do you do that in your industry? How do you convince? It's very difficult because, um, the designer work for the project manager. The project manager, uh, work with the buyers. The buyers work with the sellers of the uh, buses. The buses, the commercial division work with the engineers we, who work with the designers. So, yes, there were too, too many people. So, so far, uh, so far the same. Until now, we wanted to create direct connection between the designers of the bus makers and us, but it still remained very weak. So, um, help, please. <laughs> If the automotive <laughs> designers could help the, the bus makers, designers to be stronger, more powerful, yes, I applause. And that indeed but, is a fine note on which to end because we're almost towards the end of this panel discussion for which I would very much like to thank our guests and of course allow you a brief opportunity to yes. chime in. 
just in here, that that's a very good thing. You're mentioning us, please join, do something, and vice versa, please open the room and the corridor for creativity. Most of the times, people, companies, systems, governments are afraid to really let go and let some intelligence come together and shape the answers for the future. So what, how different could a bus look like? Maybe you have to give up one or two seats and you can create a complete different experience on these 20, 10, 12 meters in the future. So it would be great if we open these corridors for better collaboration and early talks. I will try to invite you in some <laughs> discussions about buses. Indeed. And in this collaborative spirit, thank you very much uh, for having, having bared with us for these past 45 minutes and 12 seconds. Um, it's been a true pleasure talking with all of you. And I think as has been proven, it, is, it simply is good to talk. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.